You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech. Featuring a weekly roundup of tech news and gossip. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech. Oh, there it is. Is it waiting, waiting for the impulse? Like, you're a customer bee. Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, show we break down nerd culture and tech news from a black geek perspective. I'm Joe Braswell. As always, I'm joined by my man, Achilles Shine. Shining, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, had a little vacation. Yeah. Been a little recharged, you, rejuvenated. You did a, a tech opposite. Like tech you, opposite. You went back to the... The to roots. The, the architects <laughs> of technology. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, you, you know, you, you, you went away, a little... Uh, a little, a little Mexican vacation. Yeah, man. I was up in Cancun with the with the lady, man. Just having a good time, man. It was good. good. It was good, man. A lot of relaxation and uh, just seeing the sights, man. Good. But good. what's up with you, man? Uh, you know, I've been working, grinding, as you know. Um, you know, just Bay Area, Denver, running around all mostly for work. But we'll get to that. Hey, There's actually a story in here that relates to some of the work I was doing in Denver, which we'll get to a little later on. But Get, uh, get them checks, bruh. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the checks. Yeah. Uh, anyway... <laughs> So let, lots, lots, you know, every time we go away, there's lots happening, but I am excited before we get to anything. I'm excited about tonight, Planet of the Apes. It's going down, man. It's going down, my friend. I'm excited. Man, my friend, uh, Nate Hopkins, visual effects supervisor Nate Hopkins, uh, award winning, uh, Nate Hopkins, uh, went to the cast and crew screening, I don't know, last night or night before, and literally, he, it's all he could talk about. Man. He's a guy who's worked on Avatar. He's working on another high-profile movie that's coming out in 2015 uh, that I can't talk about. But, like, he's worked on everything. Sure. And he says this should be – this is the best stuff he's ever seen, expect-wise. He's also said you need to see this Dolby Atmos 3D – the whole Full force. Yards. And and, I, and he's a not he's not a very demonstrative guy. He's not right, a very right. excitable cat. And he was like really going in. So I'm like I'm freaked out about it. Man, now. I'm super juiced. I think I mean just from the trailer from the from the previews, it looks sick. It looks amazing. And like I mean, like you said, from a, from a special effects perspective, even from just the storyline, it looks really interesting. Yeah. And um, man, I, I was a fan of you know the last one. I think yep. it's going to be a, a grand slam. Is Real it, talk. Well, it's, we'll, 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 we'll see. Definitely <laughs> see. Uh, and I just actually, just as a bonus thing, you know, I I, 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 I just listened to another podcast, uh, The Treatment, uh, with Elvis Mitchell, who had Andy Serkis on, talking about, uh, you know, his performance of Caesar and his approach. And it was just fascinating, as usual. Yeah. Serkis is amazing. Well, sure. Anyway, um, so that's that. But let's get into our topics today. We have a lot to get through. We'll just, we'll just hit them all because there's a lot of different stuff in the tech department and the geek department and the nerd department. But first of all, we, you know, we, we got to revisit our talk about drones. We, 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 we just can't stop talking about drones, right? They're, they're part of our lives. <laughs> they're man. part of our lives now, right? Yeah. It, so, um, and this looks like this is one of the ones that we almost used for a shoot that we were going to do. Absolutely. Um, a phantom. Uh, a phantom. So yeah. this is, so this is very interesting because, um, what's coming up now is, uh, these drone pilots are now, you know, really coming under fire 
for and getting and, and wondering if we should have some sort of re- more regulation with the FCC. Mm-hmm. They're getting in trouble, and and it was be- it was once thought that this stuff was more like for hobby enthusiasts. Exactly. You know? So what's the big deal? I fly remote control planes. I fly a drone. But what we're seeing now is the the, the capabilities of these things. Well, first of all, we have the camera on there, so that's yeah. the first thing. But the capabilities, you know, flying them through uh, fireworks displays. Yeah, that's and, and crazy. Flying them into volcanoes and it and, and just flying them around uh, some dangerous places. Yeah. You know, you you can't just be flying drones everywhere, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think you kind of hit the point. Like, before it was for enthusiasts, for hobbyists, and they would just do it. But now, add the camera to it, like, you have the voyeuristic aspect to it. Right. And so, a lot of people feel like their privacy is being, you know, embroached or whatever. And so, I feel... I mean, aside from like the the health and safety aspects of if it crashes and lands on a kid or crashes on a school site or anything, whatever, crashes into a car, there's so many things that could happen. So I think these regulations, I mean, eventually will have to be put in place because everyone's going to eventually have a drone. Right. You know what I'm saying? This is once again the case of the technology curve being far ahead of the legal curve as always. I mean, you know, if if one day we do get to the Jetsons time, we have flying cars, like how's that going to work? Man, <laughs> you know? man, man. Everyone's flying around in cars. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very interesting to see how this plays out, but people are flying drones everywhere. And you know, I mean, I was outside of an apartment building and there's a drone flying out there out of a high rise. And man. it's like, well, what if I was, who knows what I'm doing? Exactly. You know, so it's, it's, it's interesting. I I think two points too like you know i think we're in a society where people do anything for likes and views mm-hmm. and so i mean it's kind of like hey well i'm gonna use my drone to do you know i'm gonna I'm top the next guy i'm gonna do something right. that's like really out the box and crazy so right. i'm gonna fly it through something up something down around i mean i think that's where you get into the hazards and then two which i think is interesting is like creating a whole new art form like aerial cinema cinematography or drone yeah. cinematography the, the, and that's crazy there's a there's a youtube video out with with some some drone um sort of a drone montage and one of the main things they had was this crazy video of a fourth of july like of, of, of like really the drone is like in in the middle of the fireworks display and it was spectacular. So that's a view you would never. That's a new ever perspective. Get. New exactly. perspective. You yeah. can't get that with a helicopter because it's too big. Yep. You can't. It's too dangerous. So you know we're we're in a new we're in a new zone here for sure. Um. Anyway, but we'll we'll move on. Another topic we we keep hitting uh, over and over again is the music industry and sort of what's going on with music <clears> industry <throat> music. And we have Taylor Swift up there. She wrote this sort of op ed about. Um, you know, the, you know, the, the music industry not dying and music industry still being around. And, um, the question is, it, the sales are down. I mean, now, now we're, t- we're talking about downloads at this point, right? And downloads are down tremendously. I think it's like 25% again, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and it's the same thing that happened in 2013, which is essentially all these subscription services yep. are cannibalizing yep. all of the, uh, all of the download services. Mm-hmm. Now, just like, when iTunes and all the download services came and cannibalized all the, all the in-store sales, all the in-store yeah. sales, now we have all these subscription services coming in and cannibalizing all the other sales. So that's that's something that is 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 really another problem for the music industry. For sure, I mean, the music industry is dying because of technology. I think that people you know, are able to make it much faster, and so the the. The precision that went into making music when it was on tape isn't there where you have to like really focus on that recording because now you could record a million takes versus back in the day, you, had, you know, you had only a certain amount of tape. Right. So you had to be you had to rehearse before you record it versus now you just write something real quick, hop in the booth, record it. And so I think people don't take the, the, the crafty aspects as seriously as, as maybe 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Right. And so I think because of that quality degradation, you know, people aren't really as enthused to buy 
as they were. Like music overall is, is, is cheapened, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because everyone can do it. The democratization, which we talk about a lot on the show yeah. of art, everyone does it. So, hey, I could do what you do. Why should I buy your record? Right. I have my own record. Right. And so we're, we're, we're getting back to that thing of performances and performance rights and, and, and obviously the, the, the concert stuff. I mean, Taylor Swift's a perfect example. She still does very, very well in the, in the, in the live performance realm. Uh, but other artists, not so much, right? Nah. I mean, they can't, they can't really compete on no the same plane yeah. on a beats music or a, uh, Spotify as, I mean, like Taylor Swift can't compete with, you know, uh, Jane Doe, the country artist who's mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. who's, who's equally putting out the same record. So For sure. we'll see. Let I mean, me, let me ask you this. Yes. I mean, cause you know, you, you were probably in the era more so than me of bu- buying vinyl. And actually, vinyl. I, I like how every 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 episode you figure why to call me old. No, 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 that's not old. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yes. Vinyl is on the increase. Yes. Why do you think that is? Vinyl is on the increase. On the increase. I, you know, I, I can only speculate. I think I think I think it's really more about a, a nostalgic thing. I mean, we all know that vinyl actually sounds better. You know, I mean, it, the, the sound is richer. It it it, it, it it's better. But I think that there's a very cool sort of col- um, collector's aspect. And really, all the audio files love the idea of having that real cool vintage tangible, thing, right? tangible yeah, thing yeah. that you can play. And also, the the, the rise of DJ culture and an EDM culture has helped that as well. And I don't know. I mean, I think vinyls vinyls making a, a, a huge rise. And uh, we have a story about that a little later on about three D printing vinyl, yep. which is a whole other thing. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, vinyls here to stay. I think. Well, you're right. And I, last point to, uh, for me, I think it's crazy that you know. When I, when I was doing music, when you were managing me, Joe, Uh-oh. like, you know, you still had the A&R system in place where A&R would go out in the streets and look for the hottest talent versus yeah. now is social media presence. If you have right. a large audience based on your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram, now you get the attention from the A&R. Now you get the, the signage from the record company. Yeah. And I think that whole swapping of things is, is kind of interesting. It's the same. It's the same philosophy, really. I mean, it's just the same thing. All record companies were looking back then is they were looking at, I don't know anything about music. I don't know anything about what's going on. Who's hot? What's hot. Yeah. But you've just sold, you know, uh, 20,000 units out of your trunk. You let, let me give you some money. Extrapolate that out. You've just sold 40,000 units out of your trunk. Let me give you some money. Here, you have X amount of Instagram followers. Then let me give you some money and see what you can do with some True. money. It's, True. It's, it's really, it, it's not about like who, who's talented and who's not. It's like, well, somebody's listening to you, so let me give you some money. No, but there were, I mean, there were some, some golden and diamond artists where you would find like a diamond in the rough. Like that didn't have any audience, it was just pure talent. And sure. like, I, I feel like these days that doesn't happen as frequently. Well, these days you have what you have is you have the haves and the have-nots, and the only new artists that are coming out is sort of this sort of like this nepotism, which is basically like you hmm. know who's down with Eminem's crew or who's huh. down with Drake's crew or you know whoever whoever they're all signing. Whereas before you can go find these individuals. Um, but that's a whole separate deal. We can, word, we, we can do a whole show about word. what's going on with the music industry, but, uh, but, but it's in trouble. I mean, no matter how you slice it, it's definitely in trouble. Mm. Um, but let's move on to, um, another industry that is, was in trouble, <laughs> uh, the, the taxi cab industry. Man. Uh, but Uber, <clears throat> you know, one of my favorite companies is, is really doing a lot here. You know, they, they got that giant sort of like billion dollar cash infusion. So question is sort of how, are they going to go about now? Their, their their growth has been exponential, and their 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 penetration into the or the pop culture ethos has been um, sort of uh, uh, you know, 
exponential as well, uh, the growth of that. And so now the question is now they, now what are they going to do to be here to stay? Because right. they've gotten a lot of flack from areas, particularly in Las Vegas and New York. Mm-hmm. And here in Los Angeles at LAX, they're not allowed to long them in from the taxi cab mm-hmm. unions and lobbyists. It's, it, it's shaping up to be like a big fight. Yeah. So what they've done, what Uber decides to do is they, they've, they've taken a page out of the Jeff Bezos book, which is basically, uh, attacking an old, you know, industry that, mm-hmm. that, that no one saw coming, like, yeah. hey, books, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna attack that. And then dropping the price to where it's the point is, it may or may not be sustainable in the long run for the business, but for the consumer, the price yeah. is gonna be dropped. So what Uber's doing is, they're dropping their prices in the major markets by like 25%, right? Huge. So here in Los Angeles, it drops, and New York, it dropped. Um, and that puts them pretty much consistently below taxi cabs. Man. Um, and consistently below what you did pay for what, what the Uber X, which is the Prius version of what you do now. Uh, that's a big deal. You yeah. know, it's, it's hard to fight that. For sure. I mean, I, I think you hit it right on the head. Like, if you, if you dissect the anatomy of Uber in terms of their strategy, I think now they're, they're more, they're more seeking, uh, popularity versus profit. Like you said, if, if they can, you know, grow their, you know, consumer base and, and have people have, you know, build loyalists to their, to their brand, you know, that's going to pay off in the, in the long run. It's almost like, like a like um, it's almost like a drug dealer model. Like, hey, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna sell you this dope, get you hooked, and as soon as you're hooked, I'm gonna raise the price on you. Right. And that's exactly what they're doing. Right. And so, I mean, you know, it, it's great. And so, the taxi cab you know, industry is really tr- troubled. In New York, they do have a fourth option with Uber. You can go Uber. You can go uh, so Uber X. You know, uh, town car, black car, and cab. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's something they, they've been talking about trying in Vegas, but. You know, the infrastructure in Vegas, the cultural infrastructure is cabs come up to the hotels, right, right, they leave right. hotels. So we'll, we'll see where that has, but, but Uber's really making a fight to sort of say we're here to stay and they may be. So Man. I don't know. I, I, do, I do like that. It's um, dope. very dope. <clears throat> moving on. Uh, we've been talking a lot about wearables and we won't stop talking about wearables, but, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a study that's done by this company who has saved Three hundred thousand dollars in insurance by equipping all their folks with the Fitbits, which is sort of the the, the sort of the health tracker mm-hmm. uh, thing, and it's a, it's it's a really interesting thing that like if you take a bit of you know wearable technology, another application of wearable technology, we've had so many conflicting stories on this podcast about <laughs> wearable technology's dead, it's right, back, right, right, it's right, right. dead, it's back. Well, you know <laughs> the the. the uh, the, you know, the demise of wearable technology has been greatly exaggerated maybe because, you know, this is something that makes a lot of sense for companies who spend millions and millions on insurance yeah. to say, okay, we're going to spend a little bit of money and make sure all of our employees have this. Right. And then guess what? Our, our rates will drop. For sure. I think, I think it's smart. I think this story is interesting because it fuses technology, it fuses social media, it fuses wearables and, um, like institutional pr- implementation of all those things. Like, I think, I think we, I, I don't know of any institution or company that's doing it at that level. Like, hey, we're right. going to give all our employees this technology to promote healthy living sure. so that we could save, you know, a buck on insurance. Right. That's smart. It's that's super smart. smart. And if you saw that across the board, like, if you saw, Many corporations and companies doing that. I think, I think already, I think we're in a health conscious era, but I think it will really promote, you know, fitness even more and it might save, you know, lives. Right. Save bucks. We'll see. This is definitely a new way. Well, we have more about wearables later, but there's definitely a new way to sort of approach, um, 
how this is happening. Man. I mean, how, how to use these wearables, what companies are doing. Um, speaking of companies and corporations, uh, LeBron James, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot, he's been in the news. I mean, I don't, you know, we hate to jump in the LeBron bandwagon, but we must because it's a good picture. Yeah, it's a great picture. <laughs> We're rich. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, to, to, to jump on this bandwagon because LeBron's been all day on ESPN, you know, where's he going to go? What's he going to do? Blah, blah, blah. But it's really interesting to think about how he's really changed the way athletes get paid and athletes are viewed. I mean, I think when he came into the league, it's, oh, there was all this sort of talk about, you know, LeBron. Inc. and LeBron the brand and we know he brought up his guys Maverick Carter and his other guys from high school and formed the marketing company and the agency and all centered around sort of you know building LeBron's brand and people were kind of like rolling their eyes and these kids don't know what they're doing and blah, blah, blah. well now LeBron is a brand you know and it's, it's pretty much built around obviously other companies like Nike and Samsung and others for sure but mm-hmm. um He's his own thing, and he's also the the best basketball player on the planet right now, mm-hmm. uh, who can command anything for playing basketball. But mm-hmm. he's coming from a place where like he doesn't really need the basketball money, um, and it's just an interesting way to sort of go about using the game of basketball to to, to really make this money, and then, frankly, using social media and all these other social digital ways to to to, um, to reach people for and sure. to build your brand to build this brand. The last thing I'll say is. He's with Dr. Dre there as an example. He did the 50 Cent thing. He went in early. Dre asked him, you know, about to invest early on Beats Media. Mm-hmm. He did. He threw in a couple shekels. Shekels. Be- some shekels. <laughs> some shekels. That's my Yiddish for you. Okay. He threw some shekels in on, uh, on Beats Media. Well, they sold to Apple for $3 billion. LeBron made $30 million. Right. Just, 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 oh, yeah. A little this, pocket change. That's a quick $30 million. Just, just for being involved. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, I, I would, I wouldn't go as far to say that he's changing the way that athletes, you know, make money or build the brands. I would say that Jordan, by far, is the godfather sure. of that and the the prime example of that to this day. Like his in the le- tech age, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay, okay, I agree with that. And I, I think LeBron is doing a, a very excellent job navigating that landscape in the sense that, you know, he, I mean, he's a, he's a world class athlete, champion, all star, uh, Olympian. Like for him to be able to, you know, leverage himself with major corporations, I think, you know, I think, I think if he wins, if he wins more rings, I think he'll surpass Jordan. In terms of his his his, actually, yeah, that's too that's too big of a statement. Wow, I that's mean, too big of a statement because LeBron doesn't have a product like Jordan, so I can't say that. Right, but maybe he will. Maybe he'll emerge and and do something in the tech industry. Have a, have a LeBron device or something. Yeah, it's um, it's hard to say. I mean, it's, it's, it's tricky. Yeah, uh, but LeBron is definitely you know he's he's doing his thing, whatever whatever that thing may be, which is make money. Right. Um, so yes, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see how much money and how he can where he goes and what what that dictates. But you know, in the in the, in the digital era and the social media area, he is he's he's doing his thing. So um, I want to move on to um, what is next? Oh, um, another smartwatch, sort of the wearable story here. Um, this is you know Moment. This is company that's actually bringing out the first three hundred sixty degree touch smartwatch, which is incredible. You know, I mean, I, I, I again. Wearable technology, we saw a lot of it at CES, didn't see this one. This is kind of a game changer to me. Sort of have a, to have a smartwatch that um, you can touch at all all points around the thing. I think we have a, I don't know if we have a picture of it or not, but it's like it's really it's really something special. I mean, um, I don't know. Did you, did you check this thing out? I checked it out. I mean, I'm not, I'm not super, you know, juiced about it. I mean, it's cool. It looks mm-hmm. dope. The design is fresh. Um, I'm interested to see like the user experience on it and what, you know, what the, the, the perks are, you know, from a technological perspective. But I mean, I, I think it's more, more of a, 
more of a gimmick thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you can touch it 360 degrees. Woo! Sure, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, so what? I think it's just more along the lines of, the, of a watch where it has a 360 degree display, which is kind of cool too. I know. But it's just, yeah. <laughs> like, so. <laughs> Like, but you, I don't know yet. Maybe I don't know. It's a 360 display, and also, but but also 360 touch. So, like, you know, you can go back here, you can go up here. I don't know. I like. Come it. on, man. I like it. Okay, it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick, but I think it's a cool gimmick. For I don't sure, know. What do sure. I know? Uh, but we we'll, we'll see what that looks like. But um, but we'll move on from that story because that's you know it is what it is. However, what's dope about this watch is that it does have a 30 day battery that you don't have to recharge for 30 days. I think wow. that's pretty fresh. That is fresh. That is fresh. <laughs> Um, but now we do, we can move on to, uh, one of my other favorite topics, which is, uh, Facebook. And, oh, there it is. Our fa- Facebook, uh, there it is. hello world, here I come. Uh, but Facebook and their ability and what they're doing to, again, uh, I, I'm terrified of, sort of, of Facebook and I know that I, I've been calling them sort of the new big brother and I participate, but I try to limit my participation. But something's come out and ex, ex, uh, Facebook employee, ex, ex Facebook scientist, if you will, confirms that uh, if you use Facebook, you've been experimented on. It talk, talks about the various levels of social experiments that Facebook does um, in order to on, on on the public in order to sort of figure out how to improve their user their user model, right? Mm-hmm. Which is fine. I mean, it seems like there's got to be a certain amount of R and D that's done to improve the experience of the user. Of the difference is is that when you're talking about like, let me mess with Achilles' news feed and see what he does. You know, oh, he's really angry now. Let's see how angry he's going to get. <laughs> oh, he's happy. Let me let me mess with this. Like, if you take one percent of the user base and then mess with their news feeds, which is what they do essentially, and really see how people react, and then and then use that use that R and D, use that research to go and implement it or kill it for the rest of um for the rest of the company, that's kind of scary to me. I don't know. I, I, I think it's a I think it's a consciousness shift in the sense that. Like, we aren't the consumers of Facebook. We're the products of Facebook. Facebook uses us to make money for, you know, for revenue from ad- advertising, from, you know, you know, ad clicks and, and data mining. Right. And so, like, I, I, I think in terms of them putting us first, like, they're using us to be able to get information to sell. Sure. To, I mean, so, I mean, I mean, as a business, I see it as a, as a great strategy. Like, hey, we're going to, I mean, that's how Facebook was built. Like, we're going to experiment as we go, as we build it, as we develop. That's how it started from inception. So I don't see it doing anything different. It's just one of these things that what the scientists were saying, like, if you need, like, if you want to, you know, if you want to figure out whether people click on a green button or a red button, you don't really need approval for that. They just do it, right? If you want to see, uh, test a new ad targeting system and how, you know, and see what people click on and see if revenues go up. You don't need institutional approval from that. So then you go to the next step is like, well, if you want to see how, uh, people react to certain changes in the news feed and, and, and what, you know, there's just different, what, what I mean by that is there's different levels of social experimentation at your expense as a consumer that you don't, you know, you have no problem with. I mean, you see that in all forms of media. Like, People do that all the time in TV. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do these things with the commercials or in radio. We're gonna we're gonna do these things with the music, the programming. Mm. Like it's, that's 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 a part of media. Mm. You don't agree? I mean, yeah. I mean, this is R and D, but this is different from going into uh, sitting into a screening of you know two and a half men and clicking a button when you laugh, or going into a screening of you know in Northridge somewhere to watch a test screening of the new James Franco movie. And that's different from like people 
in real time, you know, toying with your uh, toying with your newsfeed to see what you do. It's no difference to me because you're on Facebook. You're you're cons- you're consigning your information over, regardless if it's for research and development, if it's for selling to another company. Like what you put on there is being used for for profit. Right. So regardless if it's for research or development or whatever, like like again, you're not the consumer. You're the product. Right. So. Okay. Well, let's move on to the, to uh, what's been in the news lately is uh, net neutrality. Um, and know there's been a, a big ruling come down on, 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 on net neutrality. We've talked a lot about it before in the past and what's going to happen with these giant providers like Verizon and Comcast and how, you know, and, and what they're able to do in terms of controlling broadband speed and, and, and you know, some kind con- and then the, the threat of some content providers getting, you know, preferential treatment and these big conglomerates sort of like, like a Time Warner, all of their HBOs and other companies will get some treatment hmm. versus others. Um, the the question is where does a big giant like Google sit on this? And Google, ironically, is is really trying to be neutral on net neutrality. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're they're very conspicuously silent, and their their approach is sort of like, you know, hey, it's not our fight. We're Google. We we want to we we're we're for everybody. It's not only our fight. When there's a lot of people disagree, and I don't know. What do you feel about Google's sort of like abstinent view on, on, on net neutrality? I mean, it could be smoke and mirrors. It could be, you know, uh, I mean, I think Google is going to do whatever is advantageous for Google. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they hold a huge market share in a lot of industries now. Yep. Like, I think, you know, Google is about profitability. So if, if, it, if it's profitable for them to be supportive or against net neutrality, they're going to go to that sure. side. So maybe they're, they're just waiting to see how things pan out before they, you know, visibly you know reveal their strategy right. but um i know that i know that google is profit first they're gonna yeah. they're gonna swallow and gobble anything they can yeah i i agree i mean i, I can't i can't say i disagree but i 100 percent agree so i don't know i don't i don't trust in the googles and the facebook's you know how i feel about it when beating a dead horse in that <laughs> um but i do want to move on to uh digital distribution we had a story last week talking about um you know how digital print media is uh I'm sorry, publications like right, are right, now right. moving to digital and there's a new sort of renaissance in, in publications because of the proliferation of what they're able to do on, on, on our, on our, on our small devices. Uh, to that point, we've noticed that the, you know, new movies and movies distribution is getting a big bump as well from the sort of digital distribution and digital word of mouth from, uh, these publications as well. And what they're finding is now, you know, whereas before, um, you know, the, the, the overall thing about like, you know, making and distributing film and what the process that was is now becoming something we know now is something that is making it as cheaper, but now distributing is a lot cheaper right. through all these digital me- means, different, different outlets yeah. and as well as, and even through your, you know, getting it through your devices as mm-hmm. well. But, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, I don't know, especially in the documentary space, but, yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, as, 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 as a consumer of films and, and, and a maker of, of films yourself, what do you, what do you think about this? I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think both of us are kind of like in this, in this industry in terms of, uh, being creatives and, you know, finding a home for our, you know, creative expressions. And I think that, you know, you have, you have sites like Assemble or Vimeo where you can, you know, upload your, your content and set a price for your content and then people can experience it based on that price. But I, I mean, I think, you know, the tools are there for, you know, the, 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 the filmmaker of 2014 to be able to get their, you know, their expression viewed or their expression blogged about or whatever, right. downloaded or bought. So I think that, you know, it's, 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 the, the trick is harnessing 
and using those tools and maximizing them to your advantage and you know having a solid strategy to go on with your creative just like i mean if you compared it to the music industry it's the same thing it's the same thing right so well, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's a, the changing world of distribution from the traditional means to the digital means. And we're seeing that across the board from television to film to mm-hmm. mu- music was first, TV's next, movies are, 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 are there. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's still evolving, you know, and which, which, uh, our next story t- touches on that as well. Um, this whole thing with SoundCloud. You know, um, I mean, I'm not a big SoundCloud guy. You, you love SoundCloud. Don't, don't I mean, know. I don't love SoundCloud. I've used it. Like, I'm, I'm not, see, I'm not really heavy in the crates like I used to be. So I think right. if I was like, you know, like really heavy like that, I would right. be on SoundCloud more often. That's where you is find. Is that because you're old? It is. I embrace my, my <laughs> eldership. <laughs> I'm always digging in the crates, the digital crates. Okay. I'm scouring SoundCloud and the internet at all times. You need to hear all new music of all genres okay. still. Okay. At age 700 at age 32 <laughs> <laughs> no uh soundcloud is 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 taking some heat because they have you know positioned themselves as sort of like you know we're here for the people and for the artists and we're doing this other thing but they the reality is they still have to deal with a lot of copyright issues right, right, right. from major labels yeah so it, you know with how with that biggest soundcloud is at this point um, they're going to have to sort of deal with some real, make some decisions about how they, how they deal with copyright stuff, right? Th- yeah, absolutely. I think what makes SoundCloud, uh, interesting to, you know, a consumer is that, or to an artist is that, you know, you're able to promote your art, obviously, through SoundCloud, but you're also able to get solid analytics right. through SoundCloud. That's, sure. that's one reason why, um, I like it. When Encore was still going on, the last, the last leg of Encore, we used SoundCloud. Right. We're able to see, you know, really cool analytics of how people are engaging with our music. Right. But, um, I mean, I, I think, I think like major labels are, are sometimes very corrupt in the sense that they'll leak music mm-hmm. and, you know, then they'll want to send out a notice saying, Hey, pull, put the music, pull, pull the, pull the music off the site or kill the link or whatever. I think that strategy is kind of used to, to create like a groundswell. But whatever, right? Yeah, I, 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 you know, I agree. I think that uh, SoundCloud is very um, savvy with that. But but I like the appearance that they're sort of like not really um, the same as or in, uh, um, on board with the labels, and therefore the but really more artist driven is really sort of I think is sort of disingenuous. I think in some ways for sure. So um, I'm not really buying the whole like we've got to make a decision because it's kind of like they were always in the same boat anyway. Absolutely. Um, Anyway, so, so what, that, that's that. But moving forward into some other technology, <clears throat> which speaks to some reason why I was uh, in Denver, is um, the vapor. <laughs> what's uh, happening? I don't know. Son, I got, what's going on over there? Like a furball or something. That's, <laughs> My goodness. Uh, so the 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 vaporizer, the va- the vaporizer. People, people, you know, the vaporizer, the vape pen in the world of marijuana and, and consumption. Something that like I don't partake in. Uh, I know that, you know, not as much as you do. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Doc. I don't know. I don't. You shooting, bro? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think either of us, uh, uh, smoke, but, uh, but the, you know, marijuana consumption is legal, like recreationally in Colorado and Washington. Um, and there are a lot of crazy innovation, innovative things going on in Colorado in terms of how you market, distribute Mm. and sell and also consume, um, uh, your, your weed, if you will. Mm -hmm. And the vaporizer, which is something that's kind of, you see here a lot, but there's these big sort of clumsy things that guys kind of hang around. You like Bilbo Baggins from the Hobbit (laughs) or something like these big old giant things. 
and these other cities, they are really these sort of like designer for sure. thing. And this is like, you know, the world you can walk around and they're really just trying to figure out how to market this to, in a weird way, like the non-traditional, the, the non-smoker, the first time user, yep. all this stuff. And it's really interesting to see these, this whole new industry be built around. Marijuana. It's like the wild, wild yeah. west because sure. there's no, you know, okay, it's all legal. They, they want to have the, the weed, the Apple store of weed, the Starbucks right, right. of weed, if right. you will. But now it's a huge, it's like you know dispensaries kind of yeah. dirty it's still even though it's, it's legally uh, medically legal here right um in these states they're really there's being millions and millions and millions of dollars in r&d and technology yeah. trying to figure out ways and marketing and 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 pr trying to figure out ways to make this great for consumers so and I, I think you know that's the crazy point that you're seeing you're seeing the the marriage between you know a smoking weed and technology right Instead of rolling with papers or throwing it in a blunt, right. now you're having these new technological. Like, like, de- is that what you do? That's what I used to do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> these new technological devices to be able to, you know, partake in, you know, marijuana right. consumption. Okay. So, so I mean, I mean, it's it's it's, it's a new, it's a, it's a brave new world. I don't want to get too far into it, but because uh, I feel like we'll have some more stories than that um, down the road. But uh, it, it's a brave new world. So we'll we'll see how this plays out. Um, moving on. To uh, one of my other favorite things is the World Cup. The World Cup, man. man. We don't, we, it's almost over, man. It, it, it's it, almost it, over. It's almost over. And there we see Brazil, who, you know, tough, tough break for Brazil. Um, man, great photo, man. It's a great photo. Yeah. I mean, I, there's been so many memes about, you know, the Brazilians not doing so well. But we've talked a lot about the proliferation. I mean, we've talked a lot about the, the, the penetration, the digital and uh the, the, this being the most watched thing, mm-hmm. the most shared thing, uh, now, and the, the ratings being through the roof and kind of not being so great here. Um, now we're kind of like, we're, we're in this place where, um, you know, we're see, we're, we're starting to see the sort of the aftermath of this. It's like, yeah. the, it's a very quick boon and bust, right? Yeah. It, it's something that we don't really always, like think about where like it's it's coming it's here it's all this stuff that generates it's this giant bubble and then it kind of bursts right you know and sometimes it bursts before the finals four which we're hearing now and then we're seeing now that it's kind of already bursting we're in we're in the finals yeah I mean I don't know what, what it, it, some people say it's a great thing for the host city as well as the the, the, the economy of, of, of the economies of the world in general but it's also kind of a bad thing because it's sort of like it it, it, it creates this false economy that it sort of like really goes the other way well yeah from a, from a social political perspective i think for the for the host country and in all the cities in which you know those stadiums were built and all that and all that money all that financing for for that infrastructure was put into you know building the game there when when the game ends like how come you couldn't have used some of that money to help build you know a better sewage system or better school system or better housing and so i think that's kind of like the argument like a lot of people are suffering in brazil a lot of people are poor and, but you see all these millions of dollars being put into this game. And so are the stadiums going to be filled, you know, after this Saturday? Right. You know what I'm saying? What's going to happen? Like, are, are there going to be more jobs for people to work that, that will be sustained throughout the year? Right. So I think that's the the trick. And you, you kind of find this a lot with Olympic uh, cities, you know what I'm saying? Olympic countries that host in, in the city. Like, after the yeah. Olympics goes, like, the stadiums the are thing. just, yeah, same thing. So. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's interesting. So what? We'll, we'll, I mean, it's hopefully Brazil. I mean, you know, it, it's a really sad story because to, for Brazil, especially given the fact that you know they lost. Yeah. And, uh, so now, now they're left with a, a city of everything. Leave their city, and they'll be back to where they were. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll see. Um, let's move on. Um, we talked earlier oh, a lot about. I gotta ask. Yes, of course. Who of course, are you going course. for? 
Oh man, that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one for me. I think as a sports fan, I. As a sports fan, it's, you know, it's, you know, the Germans, man. Yeah. The Germans do it. Like, I That's don't my know. pick, too. That's my yeah, pick it's too. Germany. I got It's yeah. Germany, but like, and they've really been spectacular and quietly been spectacular, you know, the last few cups and, and in general, very consistent. Uh, I mean, you know, they're, just, they're, they have a German like efficiency of taking you out. For but, sure. uh, the, but, you know, I kind of want to see the, the scrappy South American, uh, you know, com- countries sort of do something that Brazil couldn't do. Right, right. Not to lump them all in the same thing. They're different countries in, in general. But, uh, but so, I don't know. Uh, it's definitely kind of a fun thing. It'd be a lot more fun if it was Brazil. Of course. But, uh, you know, the Germans, man, look. They, 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 they turned that thing into a video game the other day. So, man, I don't seriously. Know. Uh, Lemieux, uh, you, you see, so you're voting for Argentina? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, there it is. <laughs> so let's go on. Let's go and let's talk about vinyl. Let's go back to, you asked me about vinyl before. Yes, um, sir. You know, this, this is a big, uh, this is a kind of a, a thing, like a, like a, a nice thing on, on Pando Daily by Dave Holmes about vinyl sort of saying like, you know, you were asking that the vinyl's coming back and it's like, and there's this, there's this thing that vinyl's going to save the music industry. And, and, and then what he's saying is slow down. Right, right. Hold up. Buddy. <laughs> Not Hold so up. fast. You know, uh, there's a lot of cool things that are happening. Um, you know, uh, you know, the, the, a lot, a lot of cool things are happening with vinyl, but it's really just, very simply a collector's thing. Yeah. Um, there, you know, there's a lot of cool things in the world of 3d printing, you know, right, right, right. um, you know, they're, they're, they're taking some sound files and putting, putting them to, you know, to, to 33 and a third RPM resin records, you know, and like it really sort of recreating this thing. Yeah. Um, you can actually experience it. Like you can experience the music as a digital file yep. and you can experience the music as a true analog file. Yeah. That's pretty dope. And yeah. then, and then I think with this technology, there's a hologram, that pops up out of the vinyl. Well, that's kind of gimmicky. Yeah, but, yeah. But I think I think the the placement of both the digital and the analog on the vinyl. I think that's kind of dope. That's a different look. It is. But I think that what they're saying is there's there's there, it's not just about vinyl because you can actually, you know, with the way they're doing that, you can listen to these tracks on uh, plastic, For sure. paper, even wood. You know, <laughs> like, for sure. So and is that what is it? It is a flack. Is it a flack file that they put on it? Like what is what? Is yeah, it? it's a, it, it, it's 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 uh, a specific here. It is a. I lost it. Um, but yes, I'm assuming it's, it's that file they put they put on vital and you know it it's it's doing everything. You know, they're, you know they're they're using um, lasers and cutting grooves into plastic paper and even wood. And That's yeah, crazy. exactly. It's that flak file. So. Um, but the, the real thing is we'll really be seen mostly on that. It'll be the future is like a UV curved 3D printed resin. It's sort of like, so like what they're saying is if you want the, you know, they'll be, they'll be figuring out ways to get the best audio files will figure out a whole new medium. Right, right. Actually, the actual physical vinyl, although the technology is good to get the great sound, you know, some a UV curved 3D printed resin may be something that is what we do as opposed to vinyl. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see how this works out. So, uh, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to be, lot to be sp- spoken on in terms of how we will continue to consume, uh, records and, and vinyl. For sure. Um, what's next? Uh, da, 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 yeah. what am I oh, doing? oh, no, no, I'm just saying, oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, um, I, I want to go to, where are we now? Transformers? Is that where we're at? Tra- yeah, the Transformers story. Um, about, yeah, so the Transformers is, 
you know, a movie that is got horrible, horrible, horrible have reviews. Have you seen it? I have not. I haven't either. I haven't either. I, but I've heard, uh, heard, heard very different, different takes on it. I, 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 I don't know. And this is really horrible for me to say as a, as a bona fide guy. I don't, I don't know that I'll see it. Uh, really? I'm kind of out on these movies, man. Uh, actually, I remember you saying that a few months back. You, you weren't, you weren't signed up with Mark. Oh, it's not to Mark. It's just, or Michael Bay. It's just, oh, it's just the, the, mo- the movies themselves to me. I'm just out on the form. Yeah, they're always the same. And I, I did the first one. You know, I was into the second one and the third one. No, the fourth one, I was like, "There's no effing way it's going to be good." And the fourteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes actually confirmed it. Yeah. I think it's a seventeen percent or whatever it is, some low number. But I, you know, look, it, it, it's the same movie. You know, he does. He has a great first act, which is always sort of super great and compelling. Mm-hmm. And then he has this weird middle act, which is full of humor and it's kind of bloated. The story's bloated and it's like trying to be funny and he has this gigantic loud noisy third act where he blows everything up and it's right. kind of weird it's the same formula but the problem is the movies are always like three hours plus or two like almost three hours right uh and i kind of seen it and the humor is not funny and i don't know ah, <laughs> i don't know hey well china is blowing up in china but the point of the story is yeah. the it, it, it's it's still the gigantic movie in china the whole goal they did they did a lot of outreach and they took a lot of chinese money mm-hmm. to help make to finance this film they use a lot of chinese uh products products in this film shot they in use, china they use two well-known china china chinese uh stars mm-hmm. uh there's a different cut that's kind of a chinese cut mm-hmm. that sort of accentuates them a little more and it all paid off for sure so a movie like it did like 320 million dollars in that first week or whatever and i think that was cool what was cool about you know this this uh movie and its marketing pushes that it was released at the same time in both the states and china when typically right. one might be released here first or in china first and so you have the you have the piracy issue. So people are seeing the movie before it's released because it's released months right. you know, before in a different country. So they strategically came up with the marketing plan to release it at the same time, which I think was genius. And it's paying off. At least in China, it's paying off. Yeah. And they, they said it's the, it's the second largest um, movie that's, you know, second largest in terms of revenue movie um, in China, wow. except for one Chinese comedic movie that holds the top spot. Wow. So, Well, um that's that's it. I, one one more one more one more show I want do want to get to really quick before we get out of here is this super is going Superman. You know that they're the Henry the the new Superman. Uh, there he is. He's come out. Um, uh, new new photos from Superman. New photos of Clark Clark Kent. We saw the Batman, the sad Batman earlier. Hmm. Um, I'm kind of back on board with Superman with with Henry Cavill as Superman. I mean, are you are you cool or how you feeling? I'm in. I'm in. I'm signed up. I think it'll look dope. I think uh yeah. I, I like to read more about it and see more about it, but it, I think it looks fresh so far. Dawn of Justice. <laughs> All right. Oh, cool. We'll look forward to that. All right. Well, that's it for we got. Where can we find you, Akili? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Akili Shine, A K I L I S H I N E. And where can we find you, Big Brother? On Instagram and Twitter at Joe K Braswell. And uh, here every week for Geek Nerd Tech. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Um, thanks for downloading us. Thanks for checking us out on iTunes. Please tell a friend. Uh, we will see you next week to talk about some, maybe some Comic Con preview stuff as well. Uh, we'll check you out later. From producers Maria Menunos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined.
The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.